Hey everyone, welcome to the V1 Church Podcast. This is Mike Signorelli, and I am so excited for us to jump into part two of our new series, Toxic. As a matter of fact, God will sometimes try to remove someone's influence from your life, and there is a reward when you don't resist. Go ahead, take a listen, and I have a very special message for you on the other side. Hey everyone, this is Mike Signorelli, the lead pastor here at V1 Church. Can you help me welcome everyone who's watching live right now around the world? Jump into the comments. Come on, let's give it up. If you're in a watch party, let me hear you clap. Put the neighbors on on blast. Let them know that it's going down right now. Come on, let's make a little bit of noise and stir it up. If you're watching from your home, uh, yeah, come on. Get ready, get ready, get ready. So, I wanna know where you're watching from. Drop a comment right now. We have team members that are waiting to meet you and build community in the comments. And you might be in South Africa. Shout out all my South African family. You might be in London. You might be in the Dominican Republic. You might be watching this in Spanish right now. And guess what? I'm so excited to announce that we are debuting ASL. And so if you are a part of the deaf community or the heart of hearing, We believe that you are so, that's going to make me cry. We believe you are so precious to God that this message is for you. So we love you guys and we're so excited. Thank you everybody who has supported as we have tried to increase our capability for reaching everybody around the world. And uh, we love you. So before I turn into a crying mess, I want to tell you, I was so, so excited to see what God did with the debut of this series, part one. If you haven't listened to Toxic Part One, do yourself a favor, get free and go back and take a listen. Part two today is going to be so exciting. If you actually download the V1 Church mobile app, you can follow along and I have the notes all laid out with you right there. So I just want to remind you of something. Not everyone who is with you is for you. Now, Pastor Mike's for you. V1 Church is for you. But not everybody who is with you is for you. Now, let me just say it another way. Seasons of separation precede multiplication. See, this sermon is actually entitled Divide to Multiply. And sometimes there are people who are cohabitating a space with you and you are living together. You go to work together. You partner in business together. You're romantically involved together. But see, God will take you on a journey of separation because seasons of separation precede multiplication. There's just some blessings on your life that cannot come to you in your current state. They cannot come to you because, see, there's people in your life other than you that cannot withstand or facilitate the blessing that's coming to you. Sometimes your destiny and what's been put in place on your life can actually not be facilitated by those that are currently around you. And so God will divinely, yeah, he will. God is in the unity business, but he's also in the separation business. And he does this in his mercy. I want to show you some things in scripture. I want to start by reminding you of James chapter one, verse five, because this three part series toxic was designed to take you on a journey and it's a journey of wisdom. How many of you watching live right now are like, Pastor Mike, we need wisdom in our world. When you take a look of 
uh, at this scripture, James chapter one, verse five says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. So if you need wisdom, it's just as simple as asking God. I know that we love self-help books. I know that we love leadership gurus. But how many of you know that our world is proving that we need the wisdom of God? It says, ask God. And he gives wisdom generously when you ask him. And he gives him to all without reproach. And it will be given him. That's James chapter 1 verse 5. The ancient Greek for the word lack means, watch this, to come short of or to get left behind. Sometimes in relationships... Sometimes in life, we feel like we are being left behind. Have you ever wondered, I don't understand. I should be further along in life than I am right now. Relationships have the potential to propel you into your destiny, but they also have the potential to hold you back. So if you lack wisdom, if you feel like I'm just getting left behind, James chapter 1 verse 5 is the cry of our heart. The next word in ancient Greek is wisdom. This word means, and it was often used to describe cleverness, skill, and scientific knowledge. We honor psychiatry and we honor psychology here at V1 Church. I believe that God can actually release wisdom from heaven that gives you a revelation of scientific knowledge that causes you to unlock yourself from the chains and the shackles of toxic relationships. You know, God's getting ready to send people who are going to come into your life and invest on you in a very powerful way. They're going to um, minister to you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to mentor you. They're going to invest in your life. And those people are on the way. But just like a Lego, do you remember playing with Legos growing up? The underneath of a Lego only had so many connection points. And sometimes you have to disconnect from the Lego to create a vacancy for a new connection. Sometimes in our life, God looks and says, I want to bless you and I use relationship to do it. I want to take you to the next level and I use relationship to do it. But I have to, like a Lego, disconnect some other relationships to create an actual space for connection. And something that I've been feeling inside of me, and I've been feeling this very deeply, is that oftentimes we don't need someone to end our confusion. We need somebody to activate our courage. See, most of you watching right now, you're not confused about what to do next in your life. Come on, let me see in the comments right now if I'm talking to somebody. I, I need to know right now. I can't hear any amen. So digitally, you've got to feedback. You know, our church is loud. V1 Church is loud. So I need you to get loud in the comments. Many of us say, Pastor Mike, help me find my calling. But you don't need help finding your calling. You know it. You need the courage to walk it out. And see, when you, have the, when you have the activation of courage, then you are able to move into the next season. And what if it was the voices of your friends that's confusing you more than the voice inside of your own head? What if it's them canceling your calling when God's trying to activate your courage because you already know your calling? And see, I want to show you in the Bible a very important story that illustrates what happens when we have the courage to walk out what we are not confused about. In Genesis chapter 13, verses 2 through 13, 
you have this depiction of a man named Abraham and he is cohabitating a land with Lot. They are sharing the physical resources of that land. Some of you right now are sharing your physical resources with somebody. Maybe it's more than one in your life right now. It's like you go shopping at Aldi, but they go shopping in your cupboards and your refrigerator, right? Or you fill up your gas tank, but then somehow your car becomes their personal Uber. You, you know what I'm talking about? And sometimes people are living on your land and it's not enough to sustain the both of you. Sometimes people are living on your attention, they're living on your wisdom, but they haven't learned how to ask God to receive it for themselves. Come on, I feel freedom in the atmosphere today because this is toxic part two. Genesis chapter 13, verses two through 13. I want you to read along with me on the screen. It says, Verse two, now Abraham was very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. And he journeyed on and he went from Bethel to this place where his tent had been at the beginning before Bethel and Ai. And it says this in verse four, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abraham called the name of the Lord. Watch this, verse five, and Lot, and Lot who went from Abraham had also had flocks and herds and tents so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. Verse seven, and there, and there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdmen of Lot's livestock. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites we're dwelling in the land. Okay, come on, let's keep reading. Then Abram said to Lot, let there be no strife. Come on, how many of you have arguing, bitterness, bickering, complaining happening all around you? Look at this is the courage to actually move into the next season. This is divide to multiply. This is him stepping up and saying, Lot, listen, I've got to tell you something that's not comfortable to say, but my calling is not going to be held back by what is comfortable. My preference is not going to block my preference progress this time. I'd rather not have this conversation, but I'm willing to step into the uncomfortable so that I can get to what I love by suffering through what I hate. I hate having crucial conversations, but I love the peace that happens on the other side of them. So I've got to tell you something today. Come on. I know this is good. Listen to what Abraham says. Let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Verse nine. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand and I go to the right, and if you take the right hand, then I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. Now watch this. Let's skip down to verse 11. So Lot chose himself all the Jordan Valley and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled to, uh, in the land of Canaan while Lot settled in the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. 
Whew, there's so much revelation here in Scripture, and I need you to get a mental picture for what I'm talking about. They were occupying the same space, the same land, and it could not facilitate both of them. And so Abram actually said, I'm going to do the thing that needs to be done. I'm going to speak into this situation because sometimes the strife and the arguing and the bitterness occurs when two people with two different value systems are trying to occupy occupy the same place. And so God will lead you through a season of separation, but you don't need somebody to end your confusion. You need someone to activate your courage because Abram had to have courage to speak into the situation and say, listen, let's not argue. Let's not fight. Let's go our separate ways. I'm here to tell you for as much as I would like to tell you that it's possible to always be in intentional relationship with someone. Sometimes the only way you'll have peace is on the other side of separation. I think for too long, people have stayed in churches they should not have stayed in and let bitterness and resentment build up in their heart because they didn't have the courage to walk out the convictions of their integrity. I know I'm getting way up in your business right now. Too many people have stayed in toxic, abusive relationships because they let their rent bill and the things that they were worried about determine what they believe that God was possible to do in their life. And they let it hold them back. The fear, come on. And sometimes we'd rather have the pain of the same than actually activate our faith to operate and change. And it causes faith to come over you when you say, enough is enough. I have courage. I'm going to do the right thing. And if I am teaching you how to deal with toxic relationships, surely I don't love you if I don't encourage you to leave. Surely I'm not pastoring you well if I don't create the conditions for you to say, now I have courage. And I was thinking about this situation and I want to show you something because there's so much revelation right here in this picture in and of itself. You know, God is really trying to help many of you understand that you, you know, one of the biggest questions I get is pastor Mike, do I have to forgive them? And I'm like, yes, of course you have to forgive them all the time. But then the next question I get is, do I have to stay with them? Do I have to stay engaged with them in relationship? And sometimes the answer is no, just like we have in the scripture here is let's divide to multiply. Let's divide to multiply. You know, when you think about this, um, there's really just two levels. And for those of you who are taking notes, sometimes they're operating with the enemy. And you have to say, by cooperating with them, you are cooperating with the enemy. I'm talking spiritual warfare, y'all. But then sometimes it's not a matter of the kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. Sometimes it's like, no, we are both serving Christ, but our assignment has changed. And because our assignment has changed, there's a separation, but we're going to divide to multiply. It ain't personal. And see, we even see that in the lives of Peter and Paul, both building the kingdom, one leading, leaning into the Jewish world, one leaning into the Gentile world. We're going to divide to multiply. We don't see everything eye to eye, but that doesn't mean that we're not a part of the same body of Christ. You see this happen sometimes, but I want to show you what we have in Genesis because it's a little different. It says this in verse 13, he goes to Sodom and that suggests that Lot made a bad choice. 
The narrator of Genesis uses Lot's choice of land near Sodom as a way of foreshadowing Lot's role in the battle of Siddim in which Lot was taken captive in battle. This is what happens after the separation with Abram. Watch, there's more. And then the role that Lot had in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And you all know that story all too well. Lot pitches his tents near Sodom, according to Genesis chapter 13, verse 12. Lot is living in the city itself by the time you get to chapter 14, verse 12. And then the destruction of Sodom happens in chapter 19. Man, this is a powerful revelation. You're like, Pastor Mike, okay, I get it. I understand biblical history. Now, what does that have to do with me? Let me tell you, some people who are in your life, your strengths are covering for their weaknesses. Some people, you're in their life right now, and you don't really know who the true them is because they haven't had to do it alone. Let me just put it another way, because some people will mooch off of you. They will use you. And here, here's the thing. No one helped you, so you figured out how to to pay your bills, but because you keep helping them, they've never learned how to pay theirs. So sometimes you don't know who someone is until the separation occurs. I know I'm talking right into someone's situation right now. I can literally feel it happening. And you think you're helping, but did you know that you can help someone so much you hurt them? And you've got to free both of you right now. Oh, you've got to free both of you right now. Free yourself from the responsibility of being their eternal supply so that they can meet the real eternal supply, Jesus Christ himself. One thing that you learn when you're helping someone through addiction is that you can become an enabler real quick in the name of love. But love takes many forms. And Abram said, hey, I'm going to show you love. We're going to divide to multiply. Then you show me who you really are. And see, when he got, he said, oh man, Sodom, I like it here. Well, of course you do because you are selfish. And Sodom embodied the culture of selfishness. We are going to do whatever we want with our sexuality, whatever we want with our money, whatever we want with our, with our relationships. And then you see chapters later, it all comes to an end. Sometimes you do ministry with someone and you don't know who they are while you're working together, but you find out who they are when you separate. One ministry thrives, the other ministry dies. This is deep. Sometimes you do business with someone and, and then you separate and then one ministry one business begins to grow, another business begins to die, and it's revealed who they really were. Was that relationship a lid to the true leader, or was it a crutch to the false leader? Come on, I'm trying to help you understand this, because what you see is that Abram ended up going on to fulfill the eternal promise of God. I'm a father of many nations. Come on, I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm going to see the fullness of what God has for my life. But Lot on the other side, you see what he did. He compromised. I know this is helping somebody. I want you to understand that there are three types of people, okay? And when this separation occurs, this is where the revelation happens. In life, there are givers, there are takers, and then there are matchers. Givers, takers, and matchers. Let me break this down a little bit more. Givers understand their assignment. Watch and their season, and they don't expect anything in return. Let me explain. Who are givers? 
Your teachers growing up, they were givers. You were a student, you were a kid. Their expectation in their season was while they're in my class, it's give, give, give. Now maybe you bought your teacher something for Christmas, maybe you didn't, but that, they didn't have an expectation. Nurses and all of our workers through this pandemic, NYPD out there making it happen. You know what I'm saying? We've got givers, those who have just been, I have no expectation for return. I'll tell you what, mothers, single mothers, givers, no expectation for return. That's why the love that you have for a parent is so rich because their posture is that of a giver. Now, let me talk about takers though. Takers are toxic. They assume that everything exists to feed their fragile ego. Yes, I went there. Takers, there are people who create a gravitational pull around them. There could be a hundred people in a room, but they are going to create a vortex of attention. They need it. It feeds them. They need constant recognition. It's never enough because their love tank is broken. Their ego is so fragile that when you do give them recognition, it slowly but surely leaks out. They'll need more. They'll need more appreciation. It's never enough. And they have a fragile sense of self. As a matter of fact, some of the people who project the most confidence are the least confident. And those people are takers. Those people will make you feel like enough is never enough. See, by Abraham having the wisdom to separate, what he was saying is we will see if you're a giver, a taker, or a matcher. Lot found himself in captivity. He found himself bound in battle and eventually a part of the destruction of a whole city because that's where selfishness leads takers every single time. But then there's another type of person, matchers. Matchers give back. They don't just talk, they listen. Come on, they don't just use, they reciprocate. Matchers want a hand up, not a hand out. Are you a giver? Are you a taker? Are you a matcher? Matchers, they give back. They, they don't just talk, they listen. Have you ever been talking to somebody and the entire time they're watching you, you can see them formulating their response because they're not really listening. They're just waiting for their turn to talk. Have you ever been engaged with someone where you're in a relationship with them and they just don't reciprocate? See, what we should be as matchers, and the gospel story is a story of matching. It's, it's actually saying, God, you sent your only son, Jesus, to die on the cross, and you gave all when I could give nothing. And so even though it's always going to be inadequate, even though all of my best works are filthy rags before you, I will live my life as a living sacrifice in response to what you did for me. And I know that I can never truly match it but I will live the rest of my life in service to you. You know, I, I had this really profound revelation recently and I wanted to share this with you. You know, God doesn't want you to be involved in relationships in this next season that drain you, that take from you. Sometimes when you're married, you do your wedding vows and we actually, we actually repeat this paradox that says for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, that's within the covenant of marriage. There's going to be some times where they have nothing to offer and there's going to be some times where it's your season to be a giver. 
But ultimately, when you say those vows to each other in marriage, you become a matcher. And you say, I know there's going to be seasons where you lose your job through a global pandemic. But babe, listen, let's eat some ramen together. Let's have a makeout session, watching some Netflix until it gets canceled. Then we'll use mom's subscription. We're going to make it through. That's matching. That's the heart of true unity. But I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about people who just eternally take. I'm talking about people that you haven't been activated with enough courage to separate. And you know, one of the biggest blessings of this pandemic, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but one of the biggest blessings of this pandemic has been God removing you from the influence of certain people that did not have your best interest. And see, I'm just loving you too much not to say it. I want to take you back to the prophet Joel chapter 2, verse 24 and 26. This is a very frequently quoted scripture, but I got something to say about it for you today as we close this toxic part two, divide to multiply. And I want to say it like this. Let me read it first, and then let me explain what God told me to tell somebody today. I believe this is for you. The threshing floors shall be full of grain. The vat shall overflow with wine and oil. This is a promise that God, God is giving to his people, but it reveals the character and the very nature of God concerning us. He's saying, I'm, I'm wanting to cause your threshing floors to be full of grain and your vats to overflow with wine and oil. And it says, watch this. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. Watch this. You shall eat in plenty and you shall be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord, your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. Some of you have had husbands walk out and you feel the shame of that separation and divorce. Some of you have had pastors make promises for investments and then left you completely alone or chose somebody else over you and you didn't understand and you're still nursing the wounds of that root of rejection. Some of you have actually tried as hard as you could to have the relationships that you knew. You look for mentors, you look for coaches, you look for pastors, you look for it and it wasn't there and you're like, God, I don't understand, but I'm here to tell you the good news. Seasons of separation precede multiplication and God is getting ready to remove people, the swarming locusts, the eaters. Here's the revelation I got. And this is crazy. Locusts are insects. They do not plant seeds and sow them. They do not water seeds and they do not see the harvest. They just eat after all the work and all the investment has been done. There's people in your life, mark this pastor's words, that they don't know how to invest and sow a seed. They don't know how to water it and watch it through the seasons. And they don't know how to harvest. They just know how to eat something they never sowed and eat something they never watered. And here's the good news. God is removing people like that from your life. And as he removes people like that from your life, come on. See, he says, I'm going to restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. And you know how he does that? He sends investors. He sends givers. He sends matchers. He sends the kind of people in your life. See, sometimes you have been sowing in other people's fields. You have been 
you have been giving and you're like, God, when am I ever going to see it in my own life? I'm telling you, if you will go through this season of separation that God has planned for you, you will come up into this next season where you will find yourself surrounded by investors, those who know how to sow a seed, those who know how to water a seed, and those who are getting ready to enjoy the harvest with you. God's bringing together, this is more of a prophetic message, and I want to say it. God's bringing together people for ministry like never before, joining together around the world, across any boundaries. Number two, he's bringing together the business world like never before. Because seasons of separation precede multiplication. But how does the multiplication come? He removes the locusts. You got some friends, some family members who are like locusts. And he replaces them with investors. I believe that for your life. I believe it for you right now. And I want to pray for you to end this because some of you feel this word stirring in your spirit. You feel you're saying, yes, something bears witness to this. I know, I know that I know. So I want to pray for you right now as as we just close this sermon out in part two of this series. Because listen, sometimes you can't change their toxicity, but you can change your proximity to their toxicity. You can change your proximity to their toxicity. And Abram had some wisdom to say, you know what, Lot? Let's divide to multiply. Come on, it's your turn now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, every single person who's watching live right now around the world, they are listening in other languages, even watching in ASL. I pray that this word broke chains of bondage off of their life. I pray, Father, that they will begin to see this word becoming active in their lives, that there will be a separation and that we will have the courage and the activation of courage to let it happen. We're not going to let our past and the memories of the past stop us from the fruit of the future and what you have for us. And Father, I thank you that there's going to be a joining together. And Lord, I just pray for a supernatural joy as people start to feel the excitement that they're going to be paired together with those who are going to run this race called life with them. And I just thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name for it. Can everybody around the world just shout an amen? Come on, say it out loud. Amen. Amen. Hey everyone, thanks so much for sticking around all the way until the end. As a matter of fact, it doesn't have to end here. If you download the V1 Church mobile app, maybe you're listening on it right now. There's so many more options you have. Did you know that the notes from this sermon are there in detail? So if you missed something and didn't get a chance to write it down, you can check it out. Also, you can sign up for a connect group, which we have men's, women's, young adults. It's so awesome. And lastly, if you will help us, by reaching people around the world with the life-saving message of Jesus Christ. Consider giving. Many of you already do, and I sincerely want to thank you. But for those of you who haven't yet, I'm telling you, there is so much power in generosity. So thank you for your financial support. Also, I will see you next week for the third and final installment in this talk, and it's going to be a great finale to Toxic. See you then.